Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 89, Hardcore Hardcore. I am Bond Diesel. This is a podcast about the Division franchise, the Division 2 game, its community, news, updates, speculation, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week, we are going to talk about the state of the game recap, Hardcore Mode, Scarlet Compatibility, Division 2 community topics, listener questions, and some content updates. If you would like to support the show and any of my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. Thank you for our Patreon supporters for this month. Hassan, Christian, Darren, Justin, Joe, Tim, PK, Iceman, and DJ. Just as a heads up, I am doing a Division 2 Tommy the Teddy Bear giveaway on my Twitter. Go check out my pinned tweet on at Bond Diesel. B-A-U-N-D-I-E-S-E-L. Okay, so uh, Division 2 news recap for this week. We actually had a state of the game. State of the game number 140. We had Hamish Yannick and Drew Reckner talking about Title update 6.1 and some upcoming events. Uh, the big up, uh, the big news was title update 6.1 is coming. Uh, it's going to be here on December 10th, which is this coming Tuesday, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, they talked about a bunch of fixes and balances. Uh, they talked about Situation Snowball, which is going to be, um, there's going to be some NPCs wearing uh, Santa hats, the Hoarder NPC, uh, or the or the loot gremlin, or whatever you want to call them, uh, will have a hat on, and if you kill them, you will get the hat and the, uh, this a snowball gun. So, uh, yeah. To make up for that, <laughs> they did drop some pretty big news about the hardcore mode beta coming out as well. The hardcore mode will be a permadeath mode that is essentially the regular game, um, but has... Uh, you know, any complete death where you're all the way down is permanent death. You are down for the count. You lose everything. Uh, this will be on a separate server, so you aren't able to play with people who are in the regular game or share gear with your other characters. I believe you don't even get the stash. So you have what you have on your character. So I think that's actually going to be more interesting than people are giving it credit for so far. Um, let's see. Uh, this will include activities like the raid, the DZs, I think even Kinley College, and so on. Uh, so I have to imagine that even like conflict technically will be in there. The DZ, um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, there will be some cosmetic rewards. We know that when you hit level two, uh, you get a YOLO hat, and I believe that should be shared with all of your characters. Um, and Drew kind of, I think, maybe accidentally let it slip that the higher in level you get, there's actually more cosmetics. So, you know, you'll be able to show off your hardcore prestige. Um, they did remind and they reinforced pretty heavily that this will be a beta um, and that there will be issues. So, you know, try to, you know, report issues that you find and try to not get too upset about them because they're going to happen. Uh, beyond that, they also talked about an apparel event that is coming um, that for a, a nice change is going to bring four really cool cosmetics uh, sets 
uh, that are going to satisfy, I think, a lot of people's desire for some more realistic and gritty uh, cosmetics to wear. Um, I believe it's Silent Night, I think is what they're calling it. Um, and then at the end, there were some uh, developer Q&A videos that I do suggest you actually check out the VOD um, to uh, to see yourself. So um, my thoughts on it, I thought it was a great show, um, especially after things have been so quiet lately. Uh, the fixes and balancing of 6.1 sound good. Um, it's obviously not going to fix everything. They did acknowledge they're still working on much larger issues such as the loot game, PvP, balance, and so on. Um, at, at some point, no amount of info is going to satisfy everyone. Uh, so, you know, they could tell us everything that, that the Division 2 is going to release for the next two years, and there would still be people who don't feel like they're being transparent enough. So, at some point, try to mind the static a bit and try to be realistic about what we are getting. Um, I thought this was a pretty good start. Um, I still wish that we were getting some Episode 3 content at least teasers before the end of the year, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I do think the hardcore mode uh, sounds really cool. Um, I think it's something I'll definitely mess with for at least a little while. I could definitely see myself get kind of tired of it relatively quickly. Um, but I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a way to, you know, it's going to be a challenge to get through while we wait for episode three. Um, really more than anything in hardcore, I'm excited to see what the DZ will be like because, uh, the, the stakes, there's actually stakes. Um, the, the big issue is that there's not really better loot there. Like there's not really any incentive to go to the DZ in this hardcore mode. Um, so I'm curious. I, I think eventually people are going to find it to be, um, a place to go, uh, to kind of, have that ultimate DZ experience. I'm just wondering how many people are really going to be willing to do it. Um, I honestly think we're getting this hardcore mode because it's in a good enough state for them to show it to us and to slap a big beta label on it. Um, because they, at this point have heard enough people say that, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of people who are willing to stick around until episode three, um, with nothing new to do. So I do think this is a solution to that. You know, we'll have to see whether or not it tides people over, um, but I do like it. Um, I, I think the snowball shooting gun part of this whole thing sounds super cheesy and lame, but um, I'll say that the cosmetic sets they're putting out makes up for it, and I'll just try to ignore the silliness. Um, one thing that they did throw out that I thought was um, that they needed to do is I think it was right at the beginning of the po the, the podcast or whatever you consider it, the stay of the game. They basically just said like, hey, we have no current plans to bring back the underground or survival. Um, and I think that was really important because it's, I'm sure it happens in most games. I guess I've never been so involved in a community before, but it really, maybe I'm an old man or whatever. I don't know, but it has just blown my mind. Um, how stubborn a decent number of people have been about just not accepting that we have a new game. Um, I don't, I, I don't put down at all people's good feelings and, and stuff about division one and survival and underground specifically. Those are both modes I highly enjoyed. I, I do think people are a little 
convenient about their memories about the modes um now i will say underground was the mode i basically only played for the last like year of the game because even though it was repetitive i enjoyed fighting hunters i enjoyed just talking on stream and kind of blowing through mindless content with a chance of getting some rewards that was cool survival survival was weird i kind of started streaming it before it got real hot um because it was it was hot when survival came out um, and then it kind of died off. And then I started streaming it because I noticed a few other people were. And then, you know, shortly after I did, and not because of me, obviously, um, but a bunch of people started streaming it. And I believe it had something to do with um, how Splinter Shield and some other people from the Reddit um, subreddit uh, for Division kind of started organizing these tournaments. But there got a point where, like, the only thing people were doing was streaming uh, survival, which is great. Um, I'll say around that time is when I had only played survival for a while and it got super boring for me. It's the same thing over and over. Every time I see people talk about how it's a new experience every time, I mean, kinda either you run into a player in a certain spot or you don't, but otherwise, eh, kind of the same thing that said, I think it was really good for them to come out and say this because Every time there's some content dropping, there's people who are just saying, oh, I hope it's survival. I hope it's underground. I hope it's survival. I hope it's underground. And and I really, I get it. And I've said it before. I enjoyed those modes. I just said it again. But if you look at it from the dev's point of view, they probably don't want to just rehash the same content as you know from the first game. Um, I have been the biggest proponent of anyone to say that episode one and two, from a content perspective, were pretty meh. You know, they weren't great. They weren't survival. They weren't underground uh, for sure. I'm completely down with that. But what they also weren't were these like, you know, they, they were content. Um, they were free content. And I think that probably has a big thing to do with it um, for better or worse. And I just, I'm glad they kind of put this out there just to say like, hey, it's not happening, at least not anytime soon. But then they did continue on and say, but we hear you guys, we, you know, what I think people maybe are doing is they remember there were a lot of things about underground and survival they really did enjoy. And maybe that means that they're kind of ignoring the like multitude of issues that, that those modes had um, when it came to playability, replayability. Um, it's something I, I talk a lot about that concept with um, PVP and that I think people remember some of the fun they had with PVP. Um, and either don't care about or just ignore some of the really base mechanical issues <laughs> that the PVP in Division 1 had and that we still have today in Division 2. And I, I, I've been kind of saying this for a while. I don't think people should expect Survival 2.0 or Last Stand 2.0. Maybe Last Stand, actually. I think Last Stand may actually happen. Uh, but like Underground 2.0, those are probably not going to happen. What I would expect to see is I wouldn't be surprised if this hardcore mode and its final state, quote unquote, actually starts to throw in some survival ideas. Um, I think that, and this is probably gonna make some people mad, but I think hardcore actually shouldn't delete your character. Um, it should just delete all of the gear you had, and have you come back at the same level and just have like gray gear or the most basic, you know, super duper basic where you have to go refarm again. Um, and this is, even if you die at end game, you know, full gear score, 500 gear score, you have, you're loaded up in 500 gear score gear and you die. 
you 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 get loaded up with you know world tier five gear but it's gray and it's not very good and you're gonna have to go out and grind again for some gear um I, you know i I, th- I think that hardcore will probably take some elements eventually that maybe resemble you know things that they learned from survival um i think that we're going to get modes at some point hopefully that you know bring some of what people liked about the underground the the kind of random levels the um you know kind of the, maybe some of the cramped areas some of the unique spaces and things like that i mean i still remember how much fun i had when i realized that the gold uh, storage room was on my run of the underground or the the dance hall um you know either you know that was really fun and um i wouldn't be surprised if we see elements of those modes show up again um but i just really think people need to kind of maybe move on from this idea that they're just going to copy and paste these modes and i mean you know it's even worse when you see people talking about you know well i sure hope episode three is the entire manhattan map copy and pasted into division two like that's not gonna happen that's not what episode three is gonna be that would be like a division three you know that i mean that's a whole different um you know people i don't think people remember that like they built division one um as close to scale as they probably could um, but the impression i'm under is that it was like 75 percent scale or 80 um, including like the characters and stuff like that well, with Division 2, because they use, like, LiDAR data and stuff like that to help them make the map, it's actually one-to-one. Um, and I'm under the impression that if you took the characters from Division 1 and put them in Division 2, they'd be, like, five foot tall. Um, and I'm under the impression, and I may be making this up. I talked about this in a, in a Twitter post. Um, I think this was at one of the events that I was told this or heard this, and I believe it's... it's okay to talk about it i hope but i'm under the impression that's why like all the character models and animations and stuff are different because they had to start over essentially because uh the character models from the first game if they tried to stick them into division two and just maybe update some of the you know the the fidelity um they they just would have been itty bitty and the impression i'm under is that you just can't stretch these models out because it jacks up the internal skeleton and the animations and all that and they just you know you have to start over um so and that's the same reason why you know i think they're all this assumption from some people that they're just going to copy and paste division one into division two please ignore my fantasy football warning um you know the people who think that that's what is going to happen i i feel like this community has such a habit of setting itself up for um, disappointment over and over and over and over and over again and um that's definitely partially on the devs and stuff like that they you know, if they communicate more effectively, if they give us better roadmaps and they set expectations better, people won't do that. But it's also kind of on the people. Every time there's a big patch, and it happened in Division 1 and it's still happening in Division 2, every time there's a big patch coming, people will start speculating these crazy grand ideas. Um, I've seen it, you know, we'll talk about it later on, but talking about having like all four seasons just are just going to show up in the game. Like that's not going to happen. Um, at least not right now. There's no indication right now to believe that all of a sudden Division 2 is going to have all four seasons in the game, and it's as simple as that. They just hit a button, and now there's four seasons. Um, there's nothing wrong with obviously criticizing the game. I'm happy to do it myself, believe it or not. There's nothing wrong with asking for big things, um, but there there is something wrong, in my opinion, with, with not even considering the re- how realistic... A request is and things like that but i think a lot of that can be handled with better communication 
which hopefully is going to be a theme as we uh, as we move on and with all the changes they say they're making. Okay, so that was State of the Game. It was a good one. Can't wait to play some hardcore. Uh, some other gaming news uh, I thought was kind of interesting. Phil Spencer tweeted out. Uh, Phil Spencer is the big uh, Xbox uh, face man, basically, uh, talking about how he is using a Scarlet at his home, uh, which is the next Xbox, uh, and it's his full-time machine. So um, what I think is really interesting about that is I had actually talked on Twitter a while back about, like, you know, hey, like, you know, do you guys think that, you know, how do you guys think that, you know, Division 2 is going to handle the new, the next-gen next gen systems? And it was really weird. There was, like, some really, like, aggressive and kind of... um uh, kind of rude responses of like, oh, it's that's not going to be a thing. They're not going to. That's that's not going to be supported. You're going to have to do backwards compatibility or whatever. Um, and what's interesting about what he was saying is that it sounds like he's basically playing everything. And what I don't think people like, well, I don't, I don't know how many people realize, you know, how this all works. But like, like when the PlayStation Three released, um, the PlayStation Two used regular DVD CDs. And the PlayStation 3 used um, Blu-rays. And uh, what it also did is, I, I believe that was the generation where um, it went from a proprietary like operating system to like a game box or, or, or something more open. Um, and it may have been PS4 when, when Sony did it. Um, but what I'm saying is that like there were only certain types of PlayStation 3s that could play PlayStation 2 games because uh, only those certain PS3s um, had the right hardware to even read PS2 disc and play them. Um, and then there were PS3s that didn't have that technology and you couldn't play the PS2 games because they were just different technologies. W- what I think is interesting and, and what I think this is saying, what Phil Spencer you know, was kind of hinting maybe, is that the move to Xbox Scarlet and maybe PS5 for PlayStation players is going to be more like the move from Xbox one to Xbox one X where it's, it's pretty much the same system, just way super beefed up um, and allowing you to play at much higher fidelity and graphics and stuff like that. Um, now, what I don't know if that means is games that are made, you know, say games that are made for the Xbox Scarlet, um, you know, say two years from now, you know, what does that mean for the Xbox original or for the one X even? Um, and what my guess is, is that there will be a point where they're going to be like, yeah, these games are coming out. They won't play on the original Xbox. I kind of hope so because then games can push themselves off further. But what it may mean is that they say, you know, your Xbox or even your one X can't play this game. It's not high enough fidelity. It doesn't have enough power, but it can be used as a um, X cloud machine. And then you can play those games. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do um, because I really think the Xbox is going to push services a lot when it comes to the next um, generation. And I think that X cloud is probably going to be the biggest part of that between that um, X cloud and game pass. I think they're going to make a big deal out of like you have an Xbox one X and now the games don't work on, you know, you can't play Scarlet games. Well, you can, if you get game pass and X cloud, which I think are going to be bundled and then you can play them on your Xbox um, and you'll be good. You're just going to have to stream it instead of playing it on hardware. But if you do want to play on hardware with the best performance and the best, you know, reaction times and all that, get your Xbox Scarlet and you're good to go. So I don't know. I just thought it was a cool tidbit and it was fun kind of watching some of the conversation around that. 
Uh, something else I've seen a lot, um, a lot of talk about recently is Escape from Tarkov. Um, I actually started playing it again um, in the last week or so. I played it a few months ago and then kind of got out of it. And then I know that they released a new um, pretty big patch. So I jumped back in. Um, it's really fashionable right now. What's kind of interesting is I see a lot of people comparing it to the DZ or, you know, talking about like, oh, if you like the DZ, you'll like this game. I get that comparison. It's not the same. <laughs> I, I just, I hope people are very aware. You know, I, I hope that no one who is maybe disappointed with Division 2 sees this and is like, oh man, I need to go buy Tarkov. I need to go, you know, spend a thousand dollars on a PC and buy Escape from Tarkov and get, then go play the real DZ again. Escape from Tarkov is not the Division. It is not the DZ. It is a whole different beast. Um, Escape from Tarkov is a game where you start with very little uh, and you go into raids, which are game instances that only last, I think, 45 minutes. And you can collect loot and guns and gear from all these various locations. Um, there is PvE. There's a bunch of AI uh, enemies in the map that you can kill and loot or that can kill you sometimes with headshots from 500 meters away. Uh, but then there's also other players. And, and, and some of them um, may play a lot and have hilarious amounts of gear and armor. And you may have a pistol and a hat. <laughs> um, and when you die, you lose everything you have on you. Um, and you have to heal your character. And it's a very, 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 very in-depth game. It's a very challenging game. It's not a very forgiving game. Um, so uh, now I have said before, and I've actually said in a video uh, probably a year ago or more, um, that I would actually like to see some of the elements of Tarkov be introduced into the Division 2, um, some of the more punishing ones. I also don't think it would be very popular with the community. Um, but I... Um, I, I, I think it's really cool that people are getting into Tarkov. It's a great game. And I think um, it may satisfy what people thought the DZ was going to be before Division 1 even came out. Um, but I really just do caution people. Uh, do not go into Escape from Tarkov thinking it's Division. It's a first-person shooter. It's a hyper-realistic damage model. It's hyper-complicated with tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of different... Uh, things to do, ways to play the game, things to collect, the way that your guns work, even ammo. I mean, for each like ammo caliber, there's like different um, qualities of the ammo. So some of the ammo will like pierce helmets and kill people in one shot, uh, but that's like super rare and hard to find and expensive. Uh, but then most of the ammo you find, you have to hit people like five times if they're wearing any armor. It's it's a really complicated game. What I highly suggest is checking out some streams of it. I personally like watching Shroud play it, um, and it's 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 hard to watch him because he gets a lot of help and he's super good at video games. So it's not very realistic. Uh, he gets a lot of help and has been uh, helped out a lot by people in the community. So he has every bit of gear and all the money he could ever use, um, and he's super good at shooting games. So he uh, wins a lot of fights that most people wouldn't. Um, so he may not be the best one to watch to learn from, but there's lots and lots of videos, um, to check out as well. Uh, I just definitely check it out. If you're in that, uh, if you're looking for something to play, just, I just caution you, it is not the division. Um, if you're on Xbox, I do suggest though, there's a free to play game called vigor, um, that you can play and download. Um, it actually is a little bit more like, so it's essentially a super, super simplified version of escape from Tarkov. Uh, but it's actually in third person. 
Uh, so it has some of that division vibe. Um, it is where you go in. If you die, you lose everything that your character has on you. So you can go into a map with like a pistol with one magazine and hope that you can loot some stuff or kill another player and then take their gear and then be all geared up. Or you can go in all geared up and ready to rumble, but all it's going to take is one pistol shot and you're dead. And <laughs> you, um, will not uh, get that gear back um, but it's a lot more forgiving with crafty new gear and stuff like that so if you're on xbox check out vigor it's a really fun game um it's just it's a super 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 babyfied version of escape from tarkov uh, and then the last thing uh, call of duty season one uh, call of duty has released their first season and that features a battle pass um I don't know how i was trying to figure out on the stream last night uh twitch.tv slash bondiesel uh I had 1,100 Call of Duty credits. Uh, you could have used them for the last month or two um, by buying some goofy cosmetic thing. But then when the season one started, uh, the season pass is 1,000 credits. So I actually used it on that. So I got the first season pass for free. I feel bad for all the people who spent those credits on the stupid cosmetic. But uh, so far, I, I really like it. Um, there's a ton of new cosmetics, like an insane amount of new cosmetics. Um, and there's two new guns. There's an LMG and a uh, an assault rifle. So, um, and a and I really want the assault rifle. It's it's a Tavor. If if you know guns, you'll know what I'm talking about. And that's like one of my favorite guns in all games, even the Division Two. I believe it's the Tar Twenty One in Division Two. Uh, so uh, it's got new maps. It's got the classic crash map with the helicopter from Call of Duty Four. Um, I'm completely lost on it. I forget everything about that damn map. Uh, but the game seems to be finding a sweet spot. Now I did read about a whole bunch of issues and complaints people have about a bunch of stuff in this patch. I don't know. I'm too easy to please, I guess. I don't know. I think it's great. I know for me, I plan on grinding this a ton until division two, episode three comes out. Um, even though I do plan on playing some hardcore, um, and continuing to make some builds and go after named items in division two. Um, you'll definitely see me playing quite a bit of Call of Duty. Uh, unfortunately, on the stream, uh, my numbers are about one-fourth of what they normally would be uh, if I was playing Division, but, you know, it's fine. I get it. Uh, you know you know what else I get? I get mid-roll ads. So here's one for about 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. Okay, so um, some Division community topics. This is where I scour the subreddit and pick a few topics I want to talk about. Um, the first one is talking about, uh, there was a few posts I actually saw comparing the Division One environmental effects to Division Two. Um, now, obviously, the, the one I saw, it was really cool. I assume this is someone playing on a super heavy PC rig um, and with just everything turned up to max, and it was their character just walking through uh, Times Square with the snow falling at nighttime, and it's just freaking gorgeous. Um, what I'll say is I really, I feel bad for division two in a lot of ways because in a lot of ways, division two is a much better looking game represents a downtrodden and destroyed world so much better. It looks so much more real and as to be expected. Whereas, you know, I felt like New York was a little too clean except like the Northern DZ, which was horrifying. Um, but I really think division two has a lot of those really cool moments as well. Uh, it's just different, right? Um, the snow really is hard to beat. I mean, I love the rain effects and a lot of the nighttime effects in Division 2, especially the thunderstorms are really cool. But man, that, the snow and the fog of Division 1, hard to beat, right? Um, what was actually funny to me, what I noticed the most is um, 
kind of what I was talking about earlier with the with the uh, with the player models and stuff is I just still can't get over just how much cleaner like our I think it's the camera angle in Division Two. We're way it feels like we're way closer to the character. Um, which I do hate, I, or I at least wish we had the option to pull it back a little bit. I know the um, field of view thing helps a little, but not really. Um, it's that, and then it's just like like the the Division Two characters just always seem like kind of like they're leaning forward, and they're like, and their arms are kind of out, like they're like I don't know. It's really weird. It's like they're like um, like gorillas, and I feel like all the characters look like they're just kind of awkwardly like leaning, kind of hunched forward with their arms out and just kind of, you know, where like division one, I remember just how, you know, how sleek and how like, I don't know, just, just how they just looked a lot more like clean, a lot more sleek. And, um, again, I'm sure it has something to do with what I was talking about before. Uh, but I will say, you know, the environments obviously were beautiful in division one. Um, but for me, it was actually looking at some of those walking animations and stuff like that. Uh, obviously there's a lot of really cool animations in division two. Um, a lot of things I actually think were improved quite a bit. Uh, but then there's also <laughs> a whole lot of things that I see from the old game where I'm like, man, the, like even just the characters faces. Um, I know we have all this customization in division two now, but just like even just the faces and like the, the female characters, especially just looked a lot better in division one. I think it's just weird. It's a real bummer that they had to like kind of do what they did when it came to the, at least what I suspect they had to do with the one, one thing and having to build new models and stuff, because um, I, I don't know if it got rushed. Maybe they didn't realize they were going to have to do that until late in the game development or something. Um, but it just, I don't know. The characters just seem so, just so wide and you would think as a thick boy myself i'd be okay with that but if i'm playing games i want to be skinny and cute <laughs> okay so moving on um division one is coming to xbox game pass i saw that um that's really cool um i know that's gonna actually drive a bunch of people being like oh, look division two's dead um i'm pretty vocal about how i think people are very convenient about their memories of division one but we won't go into that again um, but I think, I think this is really cool because I bet there's a lot of people who played division two who never did play division one. And if you're if they're on Xbox, like when I see posts about that, like, Hey, I really like division two. Should I try out division one? Obviously those posts get full of like, Oh yeah, it's a way better game and stuff like, you know, that's obviously, that's an opinion, you know, but it is worth playing. I think, I think it's absolutely a game that people sh people should check out. I mean, it, it kind of clarifies what's going on in the story quite a bit. Um, I really do think the one to 30 um, is great. You know, I don't think the end game is really all that enjoyable at this point, especially, but um, I think everyone who plays division two should play through the one to 30 in division one. It's, it's a cool story. There's some really, uh, I will fully say that like Fei Lao and um, a lot of those characters in division one were much more impactful to me. Um, I actually really do. Um, you know, I, I really like some of the characters in division two, but they just don't have the same, uh, depth, I guess. Uh, it just doesn't feel as personal as it did in the first game. Uh, so if you're on Xbox, go check it out. Um, I highly, 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 um, suggest it. And it, I suspect that there's going to be some people who are going to play that and be like, Oh wow, this game's pretty cool. Uh, I wonder what division two is like, Oh, it's only $20. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> you know? Um, so hopefully that's how that works out. 
uh, and then, yeah, the last topic I had was, you know, people, <laughs> I, I saw, you know, some posts and it kind of goes back to that conversation I was having about appropriate expectations and, and how I saw all this talk about like, you know, I've seen multiple posts and it's because it's going to winter time here in the States. And, um, you know, people being like, man, I wonder if they're going to turn on snow in division two. Um, so the impression I'm under about the snowdrop engine is that from a developer perspective, it actually there probably is a, and let me be very generous with this, a quote unquote, relatively easy way to hit a button where a bunch of environmental stuff could be changed um, to make it seem like winter time. Uh, I would assume the weather, I would assume the, like the foliage and ground cover and stuff like that, maybe even the trees. Um, I believe Snowdrop is kind of built where they can relatively easily adjust those things. The problem is with doing something like that is that it's it's not those things that would be the biggest challenge as far as I can tell. Please, for love of God, if there's any devs left who listen to this podcast, I'm trying not to oversimplify this. What I assume would be the problem is like the character models. Um, the way that like right now our character models, when you're out in the rain, your character's clothes get wet and their skin gets wet. And then when you're inside for long enough, it dries up. Um, in Division 1, we had that where snow would collect on top of your helmet, top of your backpack, stuff like that. Um, I suspect that if they just flipped the switch, you know, you know, they have to go, but they would still have to go in and reprogram all of that stuff. Um, you know, there's just so many things like that, that, you know, whether it comes to the various models in the environment that wouldn't automatically take snow and things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Um, now I will say that for a next generation game, a division three, perhaps, hopefully, I really hope that division three happens one day. Um, I would say that may be a situation where they could maybe, you know, but that's the other part is they would have to design the, the story of the game to make sense with that. And, you know, the story of Division One, too, I understand that people don't love it, everyone, but it takes place in summer. Like, people have to realize that, like, even though we play this game for months and, you know, eventually years, um, you know, the game isn't following our timeline. Like, after the Pentagon mission, time stops in that world until Episode 3 comes out. And then when more story content comes out, it pushes the... So I assume, I, I, I can't remember when the game... I want to say it takes place in like July or August. Um, you know, when we go into DC, well, I'm under the impression that you, you finish the game, like within like a couple of weeks of that time. And then, you know, and then we had, you know, like the Pentagon missions then come, you know, or, or we fight off black tusk and that's probably like a week or two in the timeline of the game. And then we go to the Pentagon. That's like another week, maybe. So you're talking about like, we're probably like in like late August or early September in the game's timeline. And so the story just doesn't even support the idea of like, oh, well, it's going to snow now. All of a sudden it's three months ahead of time. Now, maybe I'm a complete idiot. And maybe year two, you know, they're going to release year two. Uh, the patch is coming on, you know, uh, April 15th. You know, year two's coming. Expect a big surprise. And, you know, we play through episode three, we go back to New York City, um, we do the thing there, whatever we're going to do there, and then episode one of year two releases, and people start up their game, and it pops up and says, four months later. And then DC shows up, and there's snow, and it's covered in snow everywhere. Now, what I need to be cautious of is the very problems I was talking about before are a problem here, Right? 
the idea of, of changing the entire DC, everything about the game to a winter thing is probably not realistic, right? But that's a way they could do it. Um, but we have no idea because we have no idea if there is a year two or what a year two is going to look like. So I just think that there's a lot of discussion to have about like realistic expectations. I mean, I think the biggest issues in the community in this game right now are communication issues from the devs um, and from the game, um, communication issues from the people who play the game and want to give feedback, um, saying something like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with that. I wish that this would have been there and that this would have been like this and that would have been like that. That's great feedback. Um, you suck. You guys ruined the game. Bring back division one, quit division two. That's not good feedback. And unfortunately I see more of one than I see of the other. And I assume you can guess unless I'm just pigeonholed at some point. Um, so there's a big communication issue going both ways. And, and there's an expectation issue. Um, and that's a problem that goes both ways from a lack of communication. Players don't know what to expect appropriately. So players don't typically come up with conservative ideas about what's going to come. They go off the wall. And I think that's an issue that uh, this game's dealt with its entire um, existence, even in division one, it was a big problem. People forget that in division one, we got very little quote unquote new content after year one of division one. I know we got the West side peers. I personally think the West side peers kind of sucked. It didn't even look that great. It was kind of boring except that the car wash was kind of cool, but otherwise, eh, you know, but that's just me. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's fun to kind of try to watch it from the sidelines. Uh, even though I tend to drag myself in here and there. So, uh, we do have one listener question this week. If you have your own listener questions, um, ask me on discord, ask me on YouTube, ask me on Twitter, ask me on my Patreon. Um, there's, uh, there's a ton of places to ask questions, uh, and I am happy to answer them on the show. Uh, this week we have Mick short from discord. Um, who has two questions. One is which cake are you likely to make for lady bond? If you got into trouble with her, um, it would be a cheesecake because her and her entire family could probably live off cheesecake. If, uh, if they were allowed, I never had cheesecake growing up. I don't get the idea of cream cheese. Uh, there's so many better things to make a dessert from, but her family loves their cheesecake and, if I want into uh, Lady Bond's heart or Bay Diesel's heart, um, that's that's probably the way I would do it. Probably with some ice cream on the side. Uh, and then you asked uh, if I ever played Battlefield, and if so, which ones? So the better question to ask is which ones didn't I play? And I think I've played every Battlefield besides, I think it was Heroes, like the free-to-play thing. Um, but yeah, 1942... Um, or was it 1941? I know they did like the remaster. I want to say that was 42. Maybe the original one was 41. Um, Battlefield two. Um, I actually, well, and then the bad company games, those are both awesome, especially bad company two. I actually loved battlefield 2142, And I have been hoping forever that I really thought that battlefield five was going to be, um, the battlefield 2143. I was hoping it would be. Um, I was okay with them going back to World War II. I think it was a little early. Um, but, oh man, Battlefield 2142 was my jam back in the day. 
Uh, I really, really got into Battlefield 3 and 4. This was all on PC. Um, I, and I still like Battlefield 4. I haven't played it in a while. Um, but that's still such a freaking good game. Um, wasn't really into Battlefield 1 very much, the, the World War 1 game. It was okay. I just don't, I don't think that, that time frame is very good for games because they had to stretch a lot to make it an enjoyable game, but it was fine. And then Battlefield 5, I mean, I, th- I think it's cool. I, I like Battlefield 5. I honestly probably haven't played it in over six months, um, but it's a cool game. I just kind of am good on the World War II genre now. But, oh, yeah, huge Battlefield fan. Love it. Really, 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 really hoping um, that they do a 2142 sequel next. Uh, I think they may do, like, a Battlefield, like a modern one next, and then maybe do a future one. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I just hope that the next time they release a game, they don't make stupid trailers. They don't condescendingly go at, go after people who don't like their trailers. Um, Battlefield deserves to be a really well-respected and good game. And I really hope that they can get back to that. So yeah, Battlefield, love it, man. I appreciate I appreciate the question. And like I said, you have your own. Feel free uh, to ask them. Uh, and then the final thing here, some content updates. I don't really have a ton to go over. Uh, I do have a giveaway going for uh, the Tommy the Teddy Bear Division 2 branded um, plushie. Uh, you can check it out on my Twitter if you want. It's a pinned tweet on there. You can enter, I think, eight different ways. Uh, none of them require pain, so feel free. Um, I will say that Twitter has this new lovely feature that allows me to hide replies to my tweets. Um, I will use this on people who are, I think are trolling or making posts in bad faith. Um, even if I like you, um, if you're just being a dick on there, um, I posted a screenshot that I liked that I took a while ago and there was some, you know, passive aggressive trolley post on it and I just hit it. I, I'm just kind of. I have plenty of posts for people to be critical and, and to, to say things about the game, um, constructive criticism, stuff like that. Um, with my podcast announcements, when I request questions from people in the YouTube comments on my discord, stuff like that. But you know, it's like a time and a place kind of thing. If I'm posting something like, Hey, happy Sunday. Here's a cool screenshot. You know, maybe that's not the place to be like, the devs suck. This game's terrible. I'm never coming back. You know, that's not, I mean, that's cool. You can, you can post that if you want, but you're probably going to get muted and you're probably going to get your comment hidden. Um, I, I don't like, cause it feels like censorship, which it absolutely is. Um, but at the end of the day, there's plenty of personalities and plenty of accounts out there and plenty of people um, who would be happy um, to accept your toxic, sensational, passive aggressive stuff. Um, give it to them, post it to them. I'm not one of those people. Um, I'm happy to see criticism, especially in the right time and place. Uh, I'm happy to talk about it, but when it's just really trolly, stupid stuff, I'm just, I'm kind of done with it. I don't have time. I have so little time to do this stuff anymore that I'm going to create a nice, happy bubble around myself. And that doesn't mean a bubble without criticism. I'm happy to criticize the game and I'm happy to hear actual criticism of the game. Um, I just want to have actual conversations now and I'm basically done with the, the, the silly, you know, hot takes about, you know, just being toxic and nasty. And if you don't know what my definition of toxic is and you don't know the difference between toxicity and people who are just being honest or maybe a little sarcastic, that's on you. I know the difference. I know it when I see it. 
if 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 you want to debate me about what's you know what's toxic to some people isn't to others i disagree i think i think toxic things are very clear and it should be the same for everyone and i think people who think that there's a gray area are people who maybe kind of like the toxicity a little bit um and maybe like the people who are a little toxic and that's fine but that's on you <laughs> i'm not i'm not playing that game um I catch a lot of crap for making vague statements about toxicity and people in the community and stuff like that. Um, but if people saw the, the, the tweets and the direct messages and, and, and the different communications I've received from people um, directly affiliated or actually the people I'm talking about uh, being the source of those things, you would understand why I just don't have any patience for it and why I do comment on it. Um, you know, I don't care if someone says that they're the biggest fan of the division two franchise or the division franchise. If all they do is spit vitriol and call people stupid and call people bad names and say awful things about them and don't actually give any real criticism of the game. They just spit, you know, vomit at everything. You're not a real fan. You're not a fan. I, I will be very staunchly on that opinion and, um, and I won't deal with you. I'm, I'm just done. Uh, when there was a little incident a month and a half, two months ago, where a bunch of people lied about a bunch of stuff and lied about what I said, uh, I got blocked by a bunch of people. And um, it's honestly been for the best because so far, not a single person blocked me who I blocked in return, who I miss. There, there's, I, I lost nothing when it comes to quality conversation and content. Um, and, and I guess I'm, I'm just getting very impatient with um, the little amount of time I have uh, to put up with that stuff. So if you're offended that I hide a comment or if I mute you or if I unfollow you or something like that, I, I guess don't take it personally. Uh, I mean, that's on you. Uh, I'm happy to have a conversation is where I'll leave it. Well, that isn't the most fun place to leave this podcast. Um, I I'm good with it. I, I think it's fun to get uh, a little bit real here and there. Um, I'm very imperfect. I've had my moments where I've definitely been a hypocrite um, and, and I, and I haven't always handled things as well as I wish I could have. Uh, I do stand by everything I've ever said and done. Uh, and I do not like the way I've behaved, uh, especially earlier in my quote unquote creation, uh, whatever you call this journey. Um, but I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. And I'm really confident with how I feel about things and, and where I stand and uh and i'm really confident with how i want to conduct myself and and the environment i want to uh work in so uh i very much welcome and thank everyone who's a part of it and who enjoys you know listening to me and i'm always happy to catch your opinions even if they're the opposite of mine but what i want to do is have an actual conversation uh and a back and forth and not um just to be called names and to be dismissed so so there's that to wrap things up here, if you want to support the podcast and my other content, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash theechocast. If you're on iTunes listening to this, please rate the podcast and leave a review. I am Bondiesel on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Bondiesel, where I try to stream three or four times a week. I am also at Bondiesel on Twitter, where you can catch my thoughts, state of the game live tweets, and the occasional foot in my own mouth. Last, if you want some cool The Echo Cast or Bond Diesel merch, check out bonddiesel.live slash merch. Slash merch. Lost my H there. That's all I have. Until next time. Um.
Thank you.